listening to Habs Culture, a Montreal Canadiens podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Habs Culture and on Twitter at Habs underscore culture to stay on track with news and updates. Episode 62 of the Habs Culture podcast. My name is Justin Schwartz. I'm alongside Liam Baum. If you're watching this on the YouTube channel, we're in a little bit of a different environment. Liam is in his respective area. I'm in my respective area. But we still made it work. And we're still going to try and make it work for you guys all year long. A big 2023-2024 season for the Montreal Canadiens coming up. And we couldn't be more excited to share that with you guys and to you know, provide content throughout the season. And just to give you guys a little bit of a heads up, we have a little bit of a, of a schedule in place. Nothing, it's an imminent schedule, but we're looking at doing once, maybe twice a week, some shorter episodes, dissecting um, the games of the week and some, some players and looking at some specific matchups. So we're really excited to provide you guys with that type of content. But today, for the time being, there's not a lot going on in the NHL, right? We're about a month out, right? September 9th today. So I'm about a month out from the NHL, from the start of the NHL regular season. So we thought that we'd bring you guys with some player rankings from the from different positions. We're, and today is going to be part one of two. So make sure to tune in for part two later in the week. But we're going to be focusing on centers, left wings, and right wings today. We have come up with our top five at each position. And we have a few honorable, honorable mentions. And we'll discuss our picks and why we chose these players. A few hot takes for sure. I see, I see Liam on the other end ready to fire at me with some hot takes. But... We're going to get it started. Liam, how are you feeling about this, about, about our challenge today? No, I'm, I'm feeling good. So just to be specific, this is rankings for the upcoming season, not you know in their total history, their total career. It's what we think the top centers, left wings and right wings are going to be going into the 2023-2024 season. Yeah, sorry. I, I think you cut out a little bit there, yeah. but let's uh, we'll, we'll we'll keep going, and if it gets worse, we'll we'll try and restart. But anyway, um, do you want to lead us off with uh, with your center rankings? Yeah, I'll go right away. Starting off, we'll start from number five and go to one if that works. So Absolutely. at center, number five going into the season, I got the Toronto Maple Leafs, newly signed to an extension, highest paid player in the league, Austin Matthews. Number four, I got New Jersey's Jack Hughes. Number three, part of that dynamic duo in Edmonton, Leon Dreisaitl. Number two, Nathan McKinnon. And obviously, number one, the GOAT, Connor McDavid. Truthfully, I like the rankings. I, I, can't, I can't sit here and uh, harp on you too much. I think a lot of people will probably come at you and, and tell you that Austin Matthews behind Jack Hughes is is crazy, but I'm sure you have your reasoning for that. Um, if I dived into my top five right away, starting from five, I'm definitely starting off with Jack Hughes. And I think a lot of people will be quick to, to comment on how Sidney Crosby is going to be left out of this top five, and we can discuss that after. But Jack Hughes as my number five. Austin Matthews as my number four. Nathan McKinnon as my number three. Leon Dreisaitl as my number two. And Connor McDavid as my number one. Our, our list seemed to differ a little bit, just a touch. Same, Same players, players, different order. Yeah. What, are your, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so right away, like you said, 
Maybe we'll get some heat for leaving Crosby out here, but he's my number six right there, honorable mention. But Jack Hughes just showed so much promise and so much improvement last year that I had to put him on. And Austin Matthews, although he had a down year last year, he still had 40 goals or 41 goals, whatever it was. So if a down year for a player is 41 goals, you know he's a special player. So couldn't leave Austin Matthews off this, and I think he's coming back for a huge season this year after getting paid. And then obviously the top three have been the same for probably the last two, three seasons. Don't need much explanation for that. All three of them will probably put up 120 plus points if they can stay healthy. And yeah, that's all I got to say about those guys. Yeah, look, I'm I'm definitely in agreement there. And I think I think the and and sorry, I, I wanted to I wanted to, you know, say something right off the top here. I made a mistake. I put Drysdale ahead of McKinnon. That was absolutely a mistake. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to do that. So my real ranking from five to one is Hughes, Matthews, Drysdale, McKinnon, McDavid. That was a mistake on my part. Um, not to say that McKinnon is in that much better than Drysdale, but I think he definitely has the edge as an individual player right now. And look, I'm for the most part, I'm in agreement with you. I think definitely Austin Matthews, if his down year is 41 goals. Um, you're definitely in for a big comeback season after signing that massive contract. There's no doubt about that. And I think there is a case to be made for why Jack Hughes is in a prime spot to succeed yet again in his, what, third or fourth season in the league now? Yeah, fourth season. Fourth season in the league, but let's let's take his first season, his rookie season with a grain of salt, right? He just averaged about 0.25 points per game, maybe a little over that. So I'm not really going to read too much into that as an 18-year-old out of the USNDP. But what I will read into is his season last season. And I think that that absolutely merits a top five, a top five ranking heading into the 2023-24 season. And for those that are concerned with leaving Sidney Crosby off this list, I'm in total agreement that Sidney Crosby doesn't get the respect that he necessarily deserves. And you might be saying, well, then why are you leaving him off this list? And I think it's just because the center position, if we're including Dreisaitl, who plays a little bit of both, but we're going to include him in this ranking, has evolved entirely, right? You see the newcomers of Intage Thompson, Rope Hints has emerged, Mika Zabinajad, excuse me, has emerged, and Elias Pedersen has emerged. And I'm leaving a bunch of guys off this list, but the truth is that this position has emerged in the NHL. So leaving Sidney Crosby off this list isn't entirely crazy, in my opinion. And I think that obviously he, he merits an honorable mention. There's no doubt about that. But I think that for where this league is heading and for what the five guys that we ranked ahead of him can do and have shown to do, I think Crosby at six is very valid for right now. Yeah, he's he's a great player. He's obviously a top player in the league still, still putting up an insane amount of points. I wouldn't be surprised if he can crack 100 again because that's just how Sidney Crosby is. But just I feel like he's right under that superstar tier right now where those other five guys are. And like you said, again, Pedersen, I wouldn't be surprised if he cracks 110 this season. Tage Thompson, same thing. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Tim Stutzel because I think he's going to be pushing 100 points and possibly next season we'll be talking about this. Maybe he'll be right there in the top five. Yeah, I like that. I think I think you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, look, I think I think Sebastian Aho is probably in that next tier behind some of these guys and probably in the same tier as Stutzel at this point in time. But, you know, maybe he hasn't cracked that that next level yet. He hasn't got that next level. But I'm going to I'm going to go back on something that we just discussed. And I think it's Elias Pedersen here. And not that he doesn't get enough credit, because I think he's starting to get that credit. But let's not forget that he had 102 points in 80 games this past season. You mentioned the fact that he's probably going to put up 110 points. And in my eyes, 110 points 
in an 82 game season. So he only missed two games last season that merits a top five finish in my opinion. So look, I think, I think if we're going to, if we're going to put Crosby in this league as an honorable mention at six, I think Elias Pedersen is tied for six, if not seven for, for in, in these rankings. And yeah, like we said, we can look at guys like Hintz and Zabinajad and Braden Point and whatnot, but Pedersen has really emerged on a Canucks team that really, really struggled last season. A hundred percent. And maybe he's not right there in the top five, top six, top seven, just because based on how, how his team does. But if we're talking individually, he's definitely right there. Absolutely. And look, some of these rankings are tough because you're, you, you have to separate point production versus player impact. And I think that if you're talking about player impact, a guy like Braden Point should absolutely be in the conversation. Not necessarily top five, because we just talked about how stacked the top five is. But Braden Point absolutely deserves some, some credit um, for what he's capable of doing at the center position. And look, it's all, it's all based off team need and, and, and what these guys provide to their respective teams. And can we back up for a second? And we're only going to spend a couple more minutes on this, but Teach Thompson. Is Teach Thompson getting discredited or underrated in this respective conversation, Liam? I, I potentially think so because look at Tage or look at the Sabres before they had Tage Thompson. They had Jeff Skinner who was doing absolutely nothing. And they brought in Alex Tuck who was never the type of player he was before last season where he's putting up 70 plus points. So Tage Thompson has really contributed to the team's success. And I think like like we talked about last episode when we were ranking uh, the divisions Buffalo's looking to have a big season this year, and that's Tate Thompson's going to have a huge part in that. So I I think he is underrated here. Yeah, I have to agree. I think the fact that, look, maybe he's not top five, or not maybe, he's not top five right now, but I think that top 10 is absolutely in the cards for Tate Thompson going into the season, if if it's not already, right? So I think we give credit where credit is due, but if you want to just list off your top five here, Liam, and I'll lift up my top five before we get into our left wingers. Yeah, so I had Matthews number five, Jack Hughes number four, Drysaitel number three, McKinnon number two, and McDavid number one. And I have Jack Hughes number five, Austin Matthews number four, Leon Drysaitel number three, Nathan McKinnon number two, and Connor McDavid number one. So again, these are absolutely going to be posted to our socials, whether it's Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, you name it, it's going to be there. Interact with us. Let us know what you think because... We've seen on TikTok there's a lot of people that disagree with our that disagreed with our division rankings. So come at us for our position rankings as well. Um, moving on to our left wing, um, moving on to our left wing um, rankings. Liam, you want to start us off once again here? Yeah, I'll go for it here. Number five, maybe a bit of a surprise here, maybe not. I got Brady Kachuk. Number four, I feel like I might get some heat for this one, but I'm huge on him. Clayton Keller for the Arizona Coyotes. Number three, I got Artemi Panarin. Number two, Kirill Kaprizov. And number one, Jason Robertson. Okay, I like the list. And guys, keep in mind that there's a lot of players. uh, You know, there's some people that might consider Matthew Kachuk a left wing in this case. Um, There's a lot of people that, you know, for example, Jack Hughes plays a little bit of center, a little bit of left wing. But we're going based off of their true position. So we're going to keep it that way. Um, I'm going to go here and... Sorry, did you have Ovechkin in your top five there? I did not. You did not have Ovechkin in your top five. So that's something to keep in, in mind for our 
for our conversation um, in a few minutes here. I'm going to list off my top five now. I'm not going to give Clayton Keller um, the amount of respect that you gave him, but he's undoubtedly um, a top player or a top left winger in this league. There's no doubt about that. I'm going to start it off. I'm going to give. I'm going to give. Brady Kachuk the same respect that you gave him at number five, followed by Artemi Panarin at number four, followed by Alex Ovechkin at number two. Oh, you skipped followed, number three there. Oh, at number three, excuse me. My bad, thank you. Followed by Jason Robertson at number two and Kirill Kaprizov at number one. So let's get into this right away. What don't you like about my rankings, Liam? And I'll tell you what I don't like about yours. 100%. Honestly, big fan of Ovi. He's number six for me. But last season, I wouldn't even say it was a down season, but he didn't hit that 50-goal plateau. He had, he had about 40. He's still an amazing goal scorer, but I think his overall impact might lessen this season. And I see the other five guys ahead of him, not based off, the, off their past history, but what they can be, might have a bigger impact on their team next year. No, so, look, that's, yeah. Yeah, sorry about that. No, you're good. I just had Ovi there, and I, that was the only difference, right? I, I definitely can see how Kaprizov is ahead of Robertson. I think it's very close. They're the one-two there. And then after that, we're pretty similar. Yeah, look, I mean, my case for Ovi here, my, my case to be made for Ovi is just, again, it's the ability to score at will. And we want to, and, and I guess what I'll I'll harp on out of your argument here is the fact that, you said, you said he he plateaued at forty around forty, which he did. He he went he hit forty two. If that's the standard, if that's the the lower limit, if that's the starting point for a guy like Alex Ovechkin, I'm still putting him in a, in that ep, upper echelon. And I'm not saying that you're not because that number six is very very respectable, especially at thirty seven years of age. But I think that his scoring ability, and again, sir, if you surround him with the right guys, especially on this power play, now that's going to be led or still is still led by Ovechkin, a potential healthy Backstrom, Max Pacioretty as the trigger man on the other side, Kuznetsov hopefully healthy. Look, this is absolutely a team that's in a very weird spot. They're in a very we'll call it the middle ground. We'll call it the we'll call it mediocre, if you will. Um, but I still think that if Ovi can hit. 40 goals at minimum in the 2023-2024 season. There's no reason in my eyes why he shouldn't be ranked in that top five. 100%. I agree with you. He's still a great player. I just don't see the assist upside if we're just talking points specifically. He's got the goal upside, obviously. He's never really had the assist upside, though. No, no, that's true. But yeah, just the other five guys, I think, will have more of an impact on their team than Ovi will. Maybe they won't have as many points. Maybe they won't have as many goals. But just in terms of overall impact, I'm seeing Absolutely. Ovi having a lesser. Absolutely, and, and look, I mean, I'm not, I'm not even going to sit here like, you know, you told me you, you didn't, you didn't agree with me on Ovi, and maybe I don't necessarily agree with you on Keller, but I don't think it's a crazy take. I don't think it's a crazy take. Do you want to run us through why you have Keller um, as high as you do? Yeah, I just, I just really love Clayton Keller. He carries that Arizona team, makes everybody around him better, and in the past two seasons. He's been super underrated. He had 86 points last year. The season before that, he left with an injury, but ended the season amazingly being point per game. Just overall, he's a terrific player and makes that Arizona team better. And also, like again, like I said before, 
going back to our division rankings, I think he's going to be a big reason why Arizona takes a step this season. Maybe not into the playoffs, but definitely not in that bottom five range. Fair enough. And um, I just wanted to give my reasoning, I guess, for as to why I have Kabrizov over over Jason Robinson, Robertson here. It's not even. I, I think I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to sit here and stand my ground. I think that the talent discrepancy between Robertson or I guess between Kaprizov and Robertson is is still massive. I think that Kaprizov is honestly by far and away the best left winger in this league right now. And I don't think it's particularly close. And I know you said that it's relatively close. And actually you have Robertson ahead of Kaprizov. My argument here is that without Kaprizov, the Minnesota team is absolutely in shambles. I don't think that they I don't think that they touch the playoffs. I don't think that they sniff top three in their division without Kaprizov. And I think that you can make the case for Robertson being you know, an MVP candidate, a, a guy that is so crucial to the success of the Dallas Stars. But I think that because he's surrounded by the likes of, you know, Rope Hintz, Pavelski, Jamie Benn, Heiskanen on D, Jake Ottinger, like this Minnesota team actually, without Matt Zuccarello, who I would say is a complimentary piece, complimentary piece to Kirill Kaprizov, without that, I'm really scared for what the future has to offer for the Minnesota Wild. So that's the reason why I think that there's actually kind of, instead of, I won't, I won't even call it a small gap. I think it's a relatively big gap between the two players. Fair enough. I, I think Robertson makes Rupe Hints a much better player, but there's also Pavelski, like you said, Heiskanen, where Minnesota really literally has nobody. So I, I can definitely understand your opinion there. I think, I think it's still pretty close, but Kaprizov definitely is maybe having a bigger impact than Robertson is on his respected respective respected team fair respective enough and, you know, and look maybe maybe it's because i have kaprizov in fantasy for the past two years so i probably <laughs> tuned into a lot more games than i have the dallas stars but honestly it's just he's he's really fun to watch and i think that like with the puck and even without the puck he's he's a very he's a incredibly like he's a he's a i mean i we won't go into our top 10 players in the league right now because i think we'll save that for a part two when we actually go through all all the all the positions but I think he's definitely borderline top 10, if not top 10. Um, but let's look at some honorable mentions for now. Um, I'm just going to throw some out there. If you have any that I'm forgetting, let me know. Um, the, the one that I want to focus on for now, and let me know what you think, Brad Marshaw, um, 35 years old, came off a hip surgery before the beginning of the season, but still managed to post 67 points in 73 games last season on a team that, Obviously excelled in the regular season, didn't have such a great postseason, excelled in the regular season. Now is going, now is playing on a team that is Bergeron-less and David Krejci-less, as well as Todd, uh, Todd, not Todd Bertuzzi, Tyler Bertuzzi, they don't no longer, and no longer Dmitry Orlov. So I don't know what that's going to mean for his point totals, but if we're looking as an individual player and what he's capable of doing at both ends of the ice, I think he's absolutely an honorable mention in this case. Yeah, I think he's an honorable mention too, but... It maybe two, three years ago, we're saying how Marshawn is the best left winger in the league. And I think that's really changed in the past year just because of that injury. And now it seems like it's more of Pasternak's team than Marshawn's team. You can disagree with that, but I no, I don't. Okay. I think that, yeah. So I think it's Pasternak's team now. Marshawn's still an unreal player, but just the overall impact, once again, I think. Marshawn doesn't have as much as that impact as the other five guys that I had on my list there. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I, I'm not saying that he's top five. I just think that he, you know, again, 67 points in 73 games is is right under point per game. 
um, as a 35 year old, right? Like if we're giving credit where credit's due, right? If I'm giving Ovi credit, I got to give Marshawn credit for what he's providing at both ends of the ice at this uh, period in his in his career. Um, 100%. Other couple, guys, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I had a couple more guys. I think a real wild card this season is going to be Johnny Gaudreau. Two seasons ago, 100, whatever it was, 115 plus points. Unreal season with Calgary. Comes over to Columbus where the team obviously had a very disappointing season. Not a great roster. Struggled with injuries. I think this season he can definitely get back to that 100 point range. I really wouldn't be surprised. And I think he might be back in the top five next season. We're going to see what Johnny can do this year. Yeah, I, I can see that too. I think, look, I think... Again, it's tough to separate a player's position from their their individual talent sometimes, right? And playing on Columbus didn't necessarily help his case because that team was obviously very, very poor last season in where they finished. But I think as an individual player, yeah, obviously excels at every at every uh, he, like I'm not saying he's get he gets better every year because he's had a few in between seasons between la- uh, two seasons ago and his breakout season in Calgary, like his first breakout season in Calgary. Um, but I absolutely do think that Johnny Goudreau is, is, is an honorable mention in this case. Um, did you have any others? I have one, but I, I'll let you go. Last guy I had was Kyle Connor. I think unreal player has the ability to get to that 45 goal range. Um, I actually had him as my number seven here above Goudreau. Um, yeah, I just really like Kyle Connor overall plays a really strong game. This season, we might see some regression just based on the guys he's playing with. But Shifley, Ehlers, Morrissey, they're all still there. So we'll see how he does this season. Yeah, no, I really like it. I think Kyle Connor is an absolutely pure goal scorer. And what he and maybe, you know, he has a few defensive woes. But when you're factoring in again, like I said, if I'm giving Ovi credit, then you got to give Kyle Connor, who's, you know, scoring 40 goals a season, right? Just just about so with with 55 uh, 50 plus upside um so i really like kyle connor's honorable mention there um the last guy that i'll mention on my list for honorable mentions is kevin fiala um i don't know what i know that you're a big fiala guy i'm a big fiala guy as well um but if we just go back two seasons to his 2021 2022 season in minnesota he put up 85 points in 82 games right so that's over point per game then a new a new situation in LA, right? A lot of people are speculating that he's going to play alongside Kopitar. He's going to play alongside Kempe, which he did a little bit, but he was also sheltered on that third line, playing 15, 16 minutes still, but his line mates weren't nearly as good. He still posted 72 points in 69 games. So again, right over point per game, he was injured for um, about 13 games. But all that to say is that I think Kevin Fiala has really proved that he's more than just a complimentary player on a good team. He's, he's more than just... Kirill Kaprizov's counterpart, right? He's he's his own player, and he's good enough to be in that conversation for not top five, but potentially top 10. 100%. I think he's just one of the most consistent guys in the league, super underrated. And in Minnesota, he wasn't... I don't think he ever played with Kaprizov other than on the power play because they both played on the... Well, yeah, I guess they both played on the same side I, if they're both left wings. I think I think Fiala played with Kaprizov a little bit near the end of the season, but for the but for the entirety, I think he was. Uh, I don't think he was with Kaprizov. I think you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so super consistent player. We both love him. Crazy shot, great hands. Just overall, I, I really like Fiala. I like that uh, honorable mention there. Perfect. Thank you for that. Um, all right, so now I'm going to go into my top five uh, on the on the right wing. I think that you know, I think we're we're 
relatively in line with consensus for the most part. There's a couple of guys here and there that we might be a little bit higher on than, than some others, but that's, that's the whole beauty of opinions, right? So yeah. let's keep it going here. Um, I'm going to start it off with my right wings. Um, we'll, we'll get into honorable mentions a little bit after I have one and I'm, you know, it's still, still eating at me that I, that I don't have him here, but anyway, we'll talk about his impact after number five for me. Number five for me is I'm, I can't, I can't, it's hard for me to say it. It's number five for me right now at this point in time is Nikita Kucherov. Wow. Okay. Number four for me is Miko Rantanen. Number three for me is Matt Kachuk. Number two is Mitch Marner. And number one is David Pasternak. Wow. That's a wow. I have the same five players, just in a very different order. But I will discuss it in a second. Look, I think... and, and. before I get hate, I think that there's obviously a lot of like you can move guys around. And I'm not saying that the difference from from five to four is necessarily significant. And look, if I need to break it down and and explain my picks, no problem. I think but I'll I'll let you shoot your five first. Well, yeah, all five of these guys are honestly really close. And I think there's a huge drop off after that. But let me get my my top five here. So number five, I got Mitch Marner. Number four, I got Miko Rantanen. Number three, I got David Pasternak. Number two, Nikita Kucherov. And number one, Maddie Kachuk. So definitely different. Definitely different. And I think that, look, I think a lot of people were making, here, here's, here's my take on, I'll, I'll give you my explanation I'll, and I'll let you do what you want with it. I think I put Maddie Kachuk at three specifically because I think that he obviously brings a lot to the table and he's proved that over the last couple seasons, one of them in Calgary, one of them in Florida. And he's obviously been a good player his whole career, but he really broke out in the last couple seasons. I just don't necessarily know if I want to jump the gun by giving him a little bit more credit than he deserves going into this season. When the likes of, in my opinion, I know that you have Marner at five and we can discuss that, but a guy like Mitch Marner and a guy like David Pasternak who have now been pretty, pretty consistent over the last, basically their whole career. Pasternak goal-wise, Marner assist-wise and points-wise, their whole career in terms of just producing. And I think that you take Pasternak away from the Bruins, they're screwed. I think if you take, if you take Marner away from the Leafs, I equally think that they're screwed. And we can make the case for Matthews and Tavares, but I think Marner is really the gelling piece in Toronto. Now you can make the case that if you take Maddie Kachuk away from the Florida Panthers, they're screwed. I just think that the Panthers without Kachuk and replaced with Johnny Huberto were still a first overall caliber team. They did it without him and they could do it again without him. Now that's if they were to replace Kachuk with Huberto. But anyway, yeah. I just think that it, it look, it's it's all it's all it's all up in the air. They're all very close. It's hard to make a specific ranking. I'm sure people are going to have their opinions on our lists. I'm sure other people have Kucherov at one. Anyways, I just think Toronto has that top four, those four guys that all contribute. I, I love Mitch Marner. I think he's up there with Matthews as the top player on the Leafs. But I just think if you take away Marner, 
that team is still a playoff team. Whereas if you take away Kachuk, I don't think they're touching the playoffs last year. I don't think they're touching the Stanley Cup finals. Just his leadership and his ability on both ends of the ice is just unreal. And coming into next season, I think he still has that same impact. With Kucherov, yeah, sorry, I'll give me one second with Kucherov. I still think he has that ability to crack 120 points and his passing is just unreal. So although they do have Stamkos, Point, they still have Vasilevsky, Hedman, I think his impact on the ice might be, he might be more involved than Mitch Marner. If I'm ranking them. No, I think, I think that's absolutely fair. I think that's absolutely fair. And like, look, like, the truth is, is a lot of people during that playoff run for the Florida Panthers that were that were making the argument that Kachuk is a better all-around player than Leon Draisaitl, that Kachuk is a top five player in the league. And I think that he does merit respect, but I think that respect, there's a, there's a fine line where that respect is drawn. And I think that Kachuk absolutely deserves more respect. And a top five winger is already giving him more respect than he's ever received at any point in his career, let alone top three. So I think that, yeah, maybe I'm disrespecting him a little bit if we're looking at recency bias, but I think if we're looking at you know what? Because you can you can scope in on what Kachuk did in the playoffs and make the case for why he's so good, and you can also point to David Pasternak and the Leafs and or David sorry David Pasternak and the Bruins and Mitch Marner and the Leafs and how they didn't go as far. So those guys didn't necessarily get to showcase their their you know their their whole arsenal of talents. But I do think that there's a little bit of recency bias in the Kachuk like debate. Like, look, putting him one isn't insane at left wing or sorry at right wing. It's not insane. But I do think it's a little bit, you're looking Premature. more to, a little bit, a little bit. I'm just looking specifically for next season. I'm not even basing any consistencies or stats from the last few years. I just think this is, I don't want to say the impact because then it's just tunneling in on one one stat or one category per se. But I just think Kachuk has that that. Again, I'm going to say impact, but he has the biggest impact on the team out of all five of those guys. But again, it's really close. It's hard to say. I think there's a small gap between all of them. There might not be a gap at all, but that's just my top five. Right. Absolutely. And um, I just wanted to say something about Pasternak for a second, because like, I think, you know, he put up 61 goals last season, 61. And like, yeah, goal scoring in the NHL has obviously gone up. But to put up 61 goals, that's a tough feat. And like, if you're looking at guys that have done it, it's a very small list of guys. That's why I just think that he's obviously a top 10 player in the league. Top five is absolutely borderline because if we're looking at the centers in this league, they obviously have a little bit more under their belt compared to a guy like Pasternak in their respective careers and going into the 2023-24 season. But I think you can't take anything away from the fact that Pasternak did put up 61. Yeah. But... Anyway, maybe maybe that's me looking at recency binds. Who knows? But anyway, so do you want to just list off your your five uh, your top five, and then I'll go with my top five. Yeah. So I had Marner number five, Rantanen number four, Pasta number three, Kucherov number two, and Maddie Kachuk number one. Wow, it's incredibly different. And you know what? I I I have uh, I think I had Rantanen number four and Kuch number five. I think I can make the case for the swap there. But anyway, we'll keep it as is. Kucherov number five. Ranton in number four, um, Maddie Kachuk number three, uh, Mitch Marner number two, and David Pasternak number one. Um, and do we want to like run through a, a couple uh, a, a couple um, 
honorable mentions. Sorry. Honorable mentions. Thank you. Yeah. So after five, I really think it drops off in the NHL. Right wings are very thin. So the two, the only two guys I had were Willie Nylander and Mark Stone, but I don't think they even come close to those top five. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they come close, but I do think William Nylander is absolutely in the tier right after that, and I don't think it's close. Yeah, they definitely tier after that, but not even not touching the ranks of those top five. No, 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 no. I do you agree. Have any, I like, do you have any other guys other than that? I mean, I don't know if you consider JT Miller a right wing. I mean, he gets he gets like a little bit of right wing time. He plays center too, but he plays I like everything. Him in, yeah, I like him in that in that tier. I think Mark Stone deserves some credit as an mm-hmm. honorable mention. Again, yeah. I don't think he I think you can put him in the same tier as Nylander, but again, those that tier doesn't touch the top five that we mentioned. Other it's than also, that, it's, yeah. it's hard to analyze defensive impact where Mark Stone has that that terrific impact on the ice. So once again, I think he's an honorable mention, but just in terms of offensive ability, he's nowhere close to those top five. I agree. Another honorable mention that I can give just off the top of my head um, is Matt Zuccarello also. I think that there's a lot of guys on this list that obviously um, bring a lot to the table, and I think and I think he's absolutely one of them. I mean, he's he has the point production. He has the consistency in this league to merit, again, maybe not the same tier as Nylander or Stone, but maybe that next tier. And the, the fact that it's so thin at right wing anyway, you could probably consider him a top 10 right winger in this league. Um, again, who knows for the outlook for the 2023-24 season, you know, things change. And I think another one, and if I had to give it, is Timo Meyer also. Yeah. If Timo Meyer is considered. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think Timo Meyer is straight up nasty. And I mean, again, he obviously has a different role on this New Jersey team. But if we're looking at individual talent and what he did in San Jose and what he does bring to the table as a Correct me if I'm wrong, but um, north of nine million dollar guy is that? Do I have that right? I think it was or north of eight and a half, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, he obviously brings a lot to the table, and so and the New Jersey Devils think so also. Just quickly, Debrinket and Tuck also, I think, are up there Absolutely. too. Absolutely, absolutely. Again, I think Debrinket's obviously going to have a prove it season because he's he's shown that he can score forty goals at ease with the right with the right teammates. So let's see what he can do. Probably um, on the right wing. Uh, but next to Larkin and and Raymond, and then Tuck. Obviously, this guy's just been overall lights out in, in Buffalo. So underrated, yeah. just criminally provides a great two way game. Very very underrated player. And last one, Patty Kane. I don't know if you're for the upcoming season. I don't know just because who knows where he's gonna go, how healthy he is. But I think Patty Kane still has a pretty big impact on the ice. And if we want to include Svech also. Svechnikov. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, like we're look, we're we're kind of grasping at straws here, um, as well as Joe Pavelski. I know he played. I mean, he's a he's a natural center, but he plays some wing with those mm-hmm. with those top two guys. So all these guys obviously merit an honorable mention, but obviously a massive teardrop um, after those top five that we mentioned in no particular order, and honestly in completely different orders. But we're on the same page in terms of the players, so that's yeah. good at least. Yeah. Um. But anyway, we have reached the thirty-five minute mark, and I think that we're both satisfied. Where with where we stand in terms of our rankings. Um, is there anything you want to say, Liam? No, I think we covered it all. I think we got a good amount of different players, all but also have pretty similar lists at the same time. So we want to hear your opinions too. So when we post it up, give us all the heat, list your top five for each position, catch us on Insta and TikTok. We're going to be posting it up soon. 
Absolutely, guys. And we're going to try and be consistent on a week-to-week basis for the upcoming season. So if there's anything in particular you guys want to see, let us know in the comments down below. We thank you so much for listening to episode 62 of the Habs Culture Podcast. My name is Justin Schwartz alongside Liam Baum. Thank you so much for listening, guys.